Welcome to Emergence Radio Talk, where you'll be inspired and motivated by the journeys of movers and shakers from all around the world and those who are occupying and taking dominion. Emergence Radio Talk with Dr. Tavara Johnson. Welcome everyone to Emergence Radio Talk with your host, none other than Dr. Tavara Johnson. And you know me, I'm always excited for today's show. Today I have an amazing gentleman. I'm telling you, we are going to be talking about all things leadership, and I really cannot wait to get into this conversation. So I want to encourage all the leaders that are out there, go ahead and invite someone to uh, join us tonight. Don't be selfish in terms of the information, uh, hoarding the information, but go ahead and invite someone else to tune in so that they can hear um, some of the amazing things and gems and nuggets as well as what our guest speaker is going to be dropping this evening. And so I want to welcome Jason to the show, and indeed it's a pleasure to have you here with me this evening. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy um, schedule just to come on tonight to be able to just share with our listening audience tonight. So I'm truly grateful for you gracing the platform with me this evening. But before we go ahead and get started, I have a, I know what's in your bio, but I just want you just to share with our listening audience just a little bit of who you are. I'd love to. So, yes, I started, uh, I started this journey to what I do now, uh, focusing on leadership and helping people be good leadership or good leaders to uh, in their businesses and their families and their communities to achieve things that we can't achieve on our own. That's why we build teams and we have leaders to achieve things we can't do all on our own. But I started this journey way back when I was a young man going into college and going into Air Force ROTC at Boston University. And I got into the Air Force because I wanted to see the world and I wanted to have adventures and kind of be in charge of teams and do exciting things. But I found over the years that I stayed in the Air Force and I stayed in for 20 years. I retired in 2015. I stayed because of the great work we were doing and the great teams that we built around us and the environment of and culture of really great leadership that I got to be part of and then got to share with another generation coming up behind me of Air Force leaders. Awesome. So you've been in the Air Force for an extremely long time, and then also for you at the same time. I know sometimes some persons, they struggle when they come out of, you know, the Army, the Air Force, in terms of adapting to the civilian world. And clearly for you, you were able to make your mark on that or in the civilian world, even out of, even as a release of coming out of um, the military. And so, you know, that, that caused me to ask you another question. So my question to you is, what do you say or what advice would you give to those who are coming out of the military life and they are struggling, they're, they're not sure, you know, you know, what's next for me, which direction to go? Um, because, of course, you, you were able to make that transition successfully, not saying that you might not have had any challenges, but what advice would you give to those who may be tuning in tonight and they might be in the military or know someone in the military or the Army, you know, getting ready to um, retire, but, you know, they're, they're not, but that individual is not sure as to how can they acclimate themselves into now the civilian world. Yeah, transition out of the military, I think it's uh, challenging for everyone, even in the best of circumstances. And I definitely had the best of circumstances coming out uh, back when I did. 
it because we're leaving a we're leaving a very structured, focused, disciplined environment. And no matter how long you've been in the military, for that time you've been in, you really understand what's expected of you and what you can expect of others. And when you come out into the civilian world, that's not necessarily as clear cut as it was for all of us in the military. So that's something, that's one thing that we all have to adjust to. And that's, that's something I would encourage veterans and military retirees to be a little patient with is that, that the, the expectations and standards that we held each other to while we were in the military and wearing that uniform are not necessarily the same depending on the environment we're going into, whether that's personal or professional. But one of the challenges we really face with members coming out of the military, one of the things I try to help folks with is that transition and recognizing what it is that we are bringing from the military that can help and contribute to the civilian world. And staying focused on that, I think, will help anybody coming out of the military with that transition. A lot of, especially the younger folks coming out of the military after one or two tours, sometimes they are struggling with what they want to do for a career or finding a job. Depending on what you've done in the military, your skills don't necessarily translate directly to what employers are looking for in civilian life. And what's important there is to recognize the great things that the military does teach us that we can bring to any job, which is focus and discipline and initiative, uh, persistence, sticking to something until we get it done, uh, being a leader, being able to pull a team of people together and go handle a task. And one of the great things that military folks can always, can always share when they come out is we learn very quickly in the military to when we see something that needs to be fixed to say something and then not just come with a problem, but come with a solution. So to focus on all of those really great qualities that the military gave us, even if we don't necessarily have the job skills that employers may be looking for coming out, and that's something else that, that we can help with through some other programs and nonprofits as well. Wow, that's um, really good, the things that you shared. I know because you talked about how, you know skills that are not transferable. And I can see how that can happen. Um, and I imagine that, you know, those who are in the military or in the Army, whenever they realize that, hey, I want to, you know, make that transition, I think it, it sounds like it would probably be best for them to look into certain programs even prior to leaving in which they can, you know, get certain skills or certificates or whatever it may be to help them in their job search, um, you know, so that they're able to kind of take some of the things that, like you mentioned, the focus and determination and discipline and the structure and be able to add that along with some of the skill sets that they would have um, obtained so that they're able to be a, be a bit more marketable um, while coming into uh, the civilian world. So I think that's some really good um, you know, things that you would have shared. And then also I know you mentioned about teams. And, you know, sometimes when we talk about leadership, some persons – feel as though that they can, you know, sometimes make it without a team, um, or they may not necessarily know how to put a great team together because they, they've probably never done it before, or even how to even bring their team up to, to power or speed where they need to be. And what advice do you give to those persons as it relates to, or those leaders as it relates to um, really building solid teams um, that can really help them, their department as well as their organization, go to that next level? Sure. One of the one of the things that often occurs in the military, because we're all constantly moving, people are moving into new assignments, they're moving out of new assignments, 
a lot of times you come in and either as a leader you take over a team or you come in and you become part of a team and you don't get to choose who's on your team. You often are brought into an existing team and have to help that team get the results they need to get to. And that can be challenging. It's always, it's always uh, more fun and a little easier to have a clean slate and be able to pick your team and, and be able to say, this person's going to fit great in this role and this person's going to fit great in that role. But sometimes we have the team we've got. And so if you're in that situation, or even if you're coming into a team not as a team leader, but you're coming in to be part of a team, one thing that's really important to do is to, A, stay focused on what the mission of the team is, what it is that the team is trying to accomplish, why we're there. Again, we, we build teams so we can accomplish things that are greater than we can do on our own. And it's also really important, I think, for team leaders to help the members of their team find meaning in what their team does. And that's not something that, that happens all the time. Sometimes we get focused on the what of the mission, but we forget to talk about why it's important to the bigger picture why what we do here on our team contributes to something even bigger than our team, and that has meaning for our business, our family, our community, our nonprofit organization. And so we want to make sure when we're coming as a team leader and we're trying to get our team motivated to do things and really get them going is to make sure they understand the meaning of what they're doing, how it contributes to a bigger picture, how it makes a difference in the world, that they do what they do, and if they weren't there to do it, that something would be missing in the world. So that's the first thing. Let's stay focused on the meaning of what we're doing. Make sure as leaders we communicate that. Make sure as team members, if we don't understand what that meaning is, that we ask that question. How does what we do here, whether it's what we do as a team or what I do as a team member, how does it fit into a bigger picture and have meaning in the world? I think that's a, a really important thing that sometimes gets lost and we can, we can get people re-energized by coming back to that and talking about that very frequently. The next piece is to make sure that there are clear expectations on both performance and behavior. And those don't need to be, you know, super high expectations. We don't need to expect uh, people to be supermen or superwomen. Just what are those expectations? And then as leaders, we need to hold people to those expectations. And as team members, hold each other to those expectations as well. That's how we build a culture around our team. That's how we build a culture that's part of the strategy of how we achieve the meaning of what we do. So we want to make sure that we hold people, set those expectations, hold people those expectations. And then as a leader, we always need to be asking, how can I help my team achieve what it is I'm asking them to achieve? And sometimes we come into a team and the expectations are high, but the people on the team don't have the training they need or the skill set they need to meet the expectation. And so as a leader, we have to figure out how are we going to get them up to speed to be able to meet that expectation if they're currently not able to do that. And that could be a variety of things. That can be we have to go find money in the budget to send people off to a training program, or it could be sitting down with someone who does not have the skills that they need to do their job and saying, look, I'm new here too as a leader. I don't know it all either, but let's sit down, let's figure this out together, and let's get you what you need to figure out how to do your job, and I'll be here right with you every step of the way, and we'll be learning this together and figuring it out so we can get you up to speed. And then once we've done everything that we can do on our own to figure it out, we're going to figure out how to get you whatever formal training or advanced training that you need to be even better at your job.
Wow, I think that is really good um, when you talk about teams, like really letting persons know or, you know, the, 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 like what, you know, looking at the bigger picture, how is it going to, um, like you said, um, how is it going to impact others, um, the world, or just whatever that may be um, that's, you know, that needs to be done. Of course, like you mentioned, set clear expectations. I think this is a big one because, you know, sometimes some people, I'm not saying that as a leader, you can't allow persons to get done what they need to get done the best way that they know how to. Um, to do it or the most efficient way, but sometimes there's really no clear expectations and that really can cause a whole lot of confusion when we talk about, okay, um, what is it that, or what is expected of that individual? And then also you mentioned accountability, which I think is really huge. And sometimes there are some leaders who either can't hold people accountable or they don't want to, they don't like to. Um, and accountability is really a big one. But then you also talked about within the team holding each other accountable um, to really create that that culture. And, of course, just making sure everyone has the skill set to do what they need to do. If not, how do, you know, how do we get you the skill set that you really need? And then I, I see that um, also as, you know, some coaching. And, of course, you know, when you mention that, you know, letting sometimes the, the, the leaders letting them know, listen, I don't know everything. I think there's a level of humility that is always needed when you talk about being a leader. But I do think that whenever a leader mentions those type of things to their employees, it does make a difference. It makes them, you know, seem human, if that makes sense. Because sometimes as as leaders, persons may not feel as though that um, leaders are human or that they don't, you know, go through certain things or they they kind of like know it all. It's, it's almost like it's a certain level of expectation um, when you talk about being a leader. Or how persons look at a leader, and so I think yeah, that, it, mm-hmm, go ahead. It, it's very important as a leader to most importantly to recognize we are human. We are not superhuman as leaders, and when we start to think we are superhuman, is when we really start to create a disconnect and put a distance between ourselves and not just the members of our own team, but our peers or other leaders of other teams around us and even further up in our chain of command. When we start to think we have it all figured out, when we start to think that uh, there's nothing else to learn, that, that we start to think we're superhuman, that, that we, we really are the key and the linchpin to all of this and we are indispensable is when we uh, one, we could be setting ourselves up for failure and a big mistake, but more importantly, it puts a distance between us and other people. And if we want to be successful leaders, we can't we can't have a distance between us and the people we're trying to lead or the other people we're trying to work with to achieve our bigger picture picture objectives. We need to we need to remember that we are human, and that that's what makes all of this team and team building successful is it's humans working together to achieve something bigger. Hmm. That's really good. You know, we, we are human. We're not superhuman. Um, and, you know, that we're really just all working together to achieve a common goal and a common good. And so definitely, you know, thank you so much for for sharing those nuggets um, that you've been sharing so far. Um, as it relates to leadership, you know, we know that leadership is, you know, it, it's just not it's just not about a title, right? Um, even though we know having a leadership title does establish a level of authority, because, of course, that's needed. And leadership is definitely 
what I believe in John Maxwell's assets, who has relates to, you know, more of, of influence than anything else. And I, I truly I believe that. But I want you to know, I want to, I'm sorry, ask you, what advice would you give to those who are struggling to step up in their leadership capacity, you know, whether they, whether it's in home and the church, the ministry, um, simply because they believe or they may feel that a title is needed in order for them to really function as a leader or function in leadership? I think it's a really important topic to bring up because some of the most powerful leadership that's out there, the most powerful leaders, the most impactful leaders I've seen are the ones who are not the ones who are given a, a big title or a fancy title or the ones who are anointed and placed in charge of a group of people and told and, and have told, you know, someone's told the world, okay, now this person is in charge of you. Listen to what they say. The most powerful and impactful leaders I've ever seen are the ones who see something that needs to change, see something that can be improved, see a way that they can make, make the world better. And they, they ask other people to come along with them on that journey. They don't have a fancy title. They don't have uh, designated authority. They just have a vision. And they, they go and they find people who are either affected by the problem or can help them solve the problem and ask them to come along using, you know, using that influence, using that persuasion, using those good, using good communication skills, showing people there could be a better future and bringing them along to do that without anyone saying you are the chosen one. Those are the most impactful leaders I've ever seen. And I think whether we have a really fancy title or we've been given authority by some other authority on high, is we always want to keep that in mind that leadership is about influence. It's about, it's about achieving a goal. It's about achieving an end or an objective or solving a problem. And that whether we have direct authority over people and hold their careers and futures in our hands, or they are just people who we have gotten to know, we always want to show them that meaning of why what we're doing is important and bring them along on that journey not just tell them what to do uh, because again that puts a distance between us and if you the the quickest way to get people to do the bare minimum in any organization or any community is to say i'm the one in charge you're going to do what i tell you mm -hmm. the best way to get people to go above and beyond is to show them how much meaning what they have does and what that potential future is that if we all work together if we if we all do our part to try to achieve this vision that that I have that or that you have as a leader, whether that's given the title or not. If we all work together to try to achieve this vision, we can make lives better for ourselves and our families and our communities. Mm -hmm. That's really good. You know, some of the most impactful people um, are the ones that have the title and the ones that say, hey, you know, there is a problem. Um, you know, they want to have a solution, but they, they're they bringing, and you said something that's so key, like bringing others along. And I think so many leaders, unfortunately, unfortunately sometimes don't do that. Um, I believe that some leaders, especially in organizations, they, they have this thing where it's almost like I have to create this space between me and employees. And I always tell people, by virtue of your title, there's already a separation. So you don't have to do anything else, right? Um 
But you may, like I said, you mentioned something that's key when you talk about bringing people along, and that truly makes all the difference when people can feel a part of, or they feel that, you know, that you, like you mentioned, they're 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 you're bringing them along, and so you know, it it gives them the feeling of you know value and a meaning, um, and then also to be able to take ownership of whatever it is that you're asking them to assist you with and help you with. And so I think that is very uh, crucial and key, you know, what you mentioned in terms of, you know, letting persons know that, listen, you may not have the fancy title, but uh, if you have influence, you're a leader. If you're trying to bring people along to solve a problem, you know, that was going to help other people, that, that makes you a leader and not necessarily, not necessarily the fancy title. And so I think that is yeah. definitely key. Mm-hmm. And that title won't mean anything if you don't achieve what, whoever's giving you that title is asking you to achieve and you won't be able to achieve that without those people who are on your team. Yes. Cause you know, like you mentioned before, like you, you need a team. There's only so much um, you could do. I mean, unless you want to get burnt out. And of course there's only so many skill sets. I believe that we're all blessed. Right. Uh, there are some things that I cannot do. So of course I would need other persons to do. And I always say this, like I really believe that uh, God was kind of intentional about you know, only not giving everybody everything as it relates to skill set, um, but placing them all in different people just so that we're able to interact with people, connect with people, because I, I do believe that's to him. Um, you know, relationships are key, and, you know, bringing people along and getting other people involved is definitely key, um, I believe, for him. And so thank you so much for uh, for sharing that. Now, I'm sure we probably have some persons who are, considered to be emerging leaders that are tuned in and that they're listening. And I want to know what advice are some of the pitfalls that they can avoid or try to avoid as it relates to, you know, moving up the ladder or even just while on their journey as as they're progressing on their journey. I think there are two. Uh, And this goes back to, we were just talking about, you know, skill sets and and that kind of thing, even if you are the most skilled, most talented person and have a whole bunch of skills that's available, that's not why you were chosen to be a leader if you've been chosen to be a leader. It's important to remember that we choose people to be leaders, not because of what they've done in the past or their skills or what they're good at. We choose people to be leaders because we think that they have potential to go achieve something greater, something bigger than what they've done in the past. We we in the military we call this potential to serve in a higher grade and when you get promoted in the military they put that right on your promotion order the president of the united states having special trust and confidence etc cetera, etc cetera, places special places special trust and confidence in the ability of this person to serve in a higher grade so we don't promote you we don't make you a leader because of what you've done in the past we make you a leader because of what we because we think you have potential to do great things in the future so that's the first thing the first piece of advice I would have is always remember why you were chosen to be a leader. And it's not because you did great things in the past. It's because we expect you to do great things in the future. And one of the hardest things to teach people about leadership is how to have a vision, how to have a vision of the future. A lot of people, I know myself included, when I first started to move up in the ranks of the Air Force, uh, got real focused on how do we how do we keep things moving? How do we keep the trains running? How do we keep everything running smoothly from day to day? But when we when we make people leaders, we really want them to have a vision of how to make things better, how to improve life for our team, our group, our community, 
uh, how to how to achieve our strategic objectives better. So one, if you've been if you've been asked to be a leader or designated as a leader or been given the privilege to be a leader, start to think about that vision of the future that you would like your team to achieve beyond the status quo of today. That's number one. The second thing is, and this is also very hard to teach, also very hard to learn, especially if you've been doing your job for a long time, is in order to help develop that vision and grow your team and make your team better at achieving a, a better future, we as leaders need to be thinking about the strategic level of things, the big picture of things, not just what our team does. We need to understand what goes on with the other teams in our organization. We need to understand what goes on with other departments beyond the teams in our department and our organization. We need to understand what the, the folks at the very top of the organization, the folks at the C-suite are thinking about and what problems it is that they're trying to solve. You've probably heard the advice of if you want to be, if you want to be a good leader or you want to be good at your job, figure out how to solve your boss's problems. And that's good advice, but even better advice is, especially if you're a leader and you're trying to understand the strategic big picture of your organization, is try to solve your boss's boss's problems. Start thinking that big picture. What is not just your boss concerned about, but what is your boss's boss concerned about, and how does your team fit into solving their problems? And then that can help you start to develop that vision of how can, how can we move past the status quo and create a vision of the future that makes a really positive contribution to the organization's larger strategic objectives and the world as a whole. Wow, that's powerful. How do you solve your boss's problem, right? Um, and it, 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 it is so true because you really have to, you, you have to put on a business mindset, right? Um, when you talk about being able to help the, to, or, or, to, or, how, or to think about how to solve some of their problems. And I think that is really, really key that you mentioned. And also that, you know, you were chosen really not because of what you've done in the past, but because you could be great in the future. And I think that is so um, profound and powerful, you know, what you would have um, definitely shared. And so I definitely want to say, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for um, sharing, for sharing that. I think you've been having a really great conversation um, on leadership, and it's just been amazing, definitely giving us some powerful um, nuggets as well, a powerful insight. But I want to know from you now, what final advice would you give to leaders, regardless if they're a senior leader, um, emerging leader, they're kind of in between or trying to figure out, you know, okay, I might really call it to leadership. What advice would you give to our listening audience today as it relates to the importance of being their authentic Self while in leadership, and I ask this question because I see a lot of leaders who try to, um, you know, be who they think people want them to be, but not really who God has called them to be as a leader. Um, and so I really want to to know what, what final advice would you give would you give to to those leaders? I think that's so important to be authentic about who you are, uh, to keep in mind what your personal values are. As, and how those fit in with your organizational values, it is um, it can become really apparent really quickly to your team if you 
do not live to the values you say you live to, whether they're the organizational values or your personal values. And when you, when, and it can be confusing for them too. So A, it becomes really apparent that the boss says one thing and then does another, but also it's really confusing about how do they, how do they perform for you as a team if they are not clear on what your values are? So yeah, being authentic is really important. That starts with understanding what your values are and living to those values. And I'm not here to tell anybody what your values should be. I think in the business world, we all agree that integrity is pretty important. Uh, doing a great job, excellence is pretty important. There's a whole, you know, there's a whole word cloud of values that you'll see in the business world. But uh, if your personal values are not aligned with the organizational values, uh, we're all going to struggle a little bit. So, you know, if your personal values aren't aligned with the organizational values, it might be time to to move on to something else. But assuming that your personal values are aligned with the organizational values, living to those every day. And being really clear with your team about how you use your personal values and your organizational values in your decision-making process so that they can see that as well and see that that's the example you're trying to set for them. Mm -hmm. That's important. Seeing how your authentic self, how your values in line with, you know, those of the organization, I think that's really key. Um, knowing what your personal values are so you can really see how you can, you know, fit into that into that piece of the puzzle so you can really do the things that you need to do. Um, so, you know, in terms of making the impact and helping the organization as well as those who you're connected to uh, really go to that next level. And so I definitely want to say thank you so much, um, Jason Ledown, for joining me tonight. I mean, this has been an amazing uh, conversation on leadership. But what are the things I want you to do before you go, just that I will listening audience know of ways in which they could connect with you if they, if they desire to, you know, be part of your programs or anything that you have going on? Uh, yeah, you can you can always check out our website, LaDukeLeadership.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, so either Jason LaDuke on LinkedIn or you can find us at uh, Jason LaDuke Leadership Consultants on LinkedIn. It's LaDuke Leadership on all the social media. And um, thank you for having me on your podcast. I also have a podcast that we started a couple months ago. Uh, it's called The Leader's Mindset, and we talk to leaders of all kinds, young leaders, leaders have been around a while, um, startup founders, uh, corporate CEOs and VPs, um, even folks who are community builders. They're not, they're not running a big organization. They're just trying to build and do great things in their community. We talk about how they build their teams and how they get people to come along and, and enroll them in their vision and how they – how they deal with the challenges of being a leader, and they they have much more insight to share than I can share with you here today. Wow, that is amazing. That is amazing. I'll definitely be tuned in, so everyone be sure to be sure to connect with Jason. Also be sure to check out his um, his show, you know, so you can definitely hear some other nuggets from the, uh, from the leaders that he, too, is also um, interviewing, having different conversations with him. So I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to today's amazing show with my special guest, Jason Latong. Be sure to join me every week for another episode of Emergence Radio Talk. As you know, this is the show where you'll be inspired to emerge, occupy, and take dominion. For those who desire to connect with me, you can do so on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, under Tavara Johnson, or Talk to Tavara Johnson. Or you can send me an email at info at tavarajohnson.com, or you can visit my website at tavarajohnson.com. So everyone, have a wonderful evening and blessings.
Thank you for tuning in to Emergence Radio Talk. For more information on Emergence Radio Talk, Emergence Mentorship Program, or Women to Women Mentoring Program, be sure to visit www.tavarajohnson.com. If you would like to be a guest on our show, email us at info at tavarajohnson.com or follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. That's Tavara Johnson. Stay connected and updated on all upcoming events. Until next time, thank you for joining us.